I don't know if this uh, stuck out to you uh, with the gospel there, but the, fir- the first line, you know, the, well, the Lord sends them, tells them to go up to the mountain, so they do, and then he joins them, and we're told that they worshiped, but they doubted. It just strikes me as a really fascinating um, in, in many ways, because number one, it seems contradictory, right? Because if you're worshiping, presumably you believe in that which you are worshiping, but they doubted. So from whence does that doubt come? What could it be describing? The second thing about this that I find really fascinating is, is once again, the scriptures are very human, right? And they present human beings, well, they present God too, but they present human beings who are very imperfect, They don't have it all together, which I find to be incredibly helpful on a personal level, and I I think we all should, actually. So the people closest to the Lord, who knew him best, worshiped but doubted. This should give us some consolation, because I think what that really taps into is that sort of dynamic that all of us have. We believe in God, but we have doubts, right? And to have doubts doesn't make us non-Christian, but it, it's a reality, right? And so here's, here's where I think it comes from for the disciples. <clears throat> Remember, the Lord had told them about he's the Messiah. He's going to fulfill all the promises of old. They think that means earthly, <clears throat> earthly fixing. He's going to fix everything on earth. He clearly isn't doing that because he's going to be ascending into heaven, but then they have the experience of him, of him being put to death, which again, how, how is that going to work? How are you going to reign as king if you're being put to death? But then he rises from the dead. So this whole experience of that is somewhat traumatic and difficult. So he rises from the dead and then very quickly afterwards says, well, I'm going to leave again. So the, I think the apostles are left with sort of a sense of, well, we don't really know what to believe. It's even hard sometimes to get a straight answer out of the Lord, it would seem. Well, explain to us how this works. You know, and when Jesus was, was saying, uh, where I'm going, you know the way. And Thomas is like, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? We don't know where you're going. What does that mean? <clears throat> and then even his answer, which of course is meaningful to us now, but if you can put yourself in the place of Thomas, he's like, where are you going? What are you talking about? And he's like, well, I am the way. What does that mean? Right? I mean, think about it just like in that context of Thomas and the apostle standing there, he's leaving again. He's saying, well, I'm the way. But you're going. Like, how does this work? You know, it's like kind of answering a question, but obscurely, like every White House press secretary ever. Right? It doesn't matter. It's like they all go to the same school of how to answer a question and say nothing, you know. Or a or a husband who has has uh, figured out how to answer the question, "Honey, do you like my hair?" Now, the right answer is yes. However, if that's a lie, the right answer is, "I have never seen anything like that before." That is amazing. Only you could pull that off. No, I said, do you like it? 
All right, then you're caught. <laughs> yes, of course I do. Um, but anyway, so you get a little bit of that, right? Now, I think what's happening, though, is Jesus is not, you know, uh, you know obviously in human relationships, sometimes there is a need to answer a question without kind of giving away everything, giving away the farm, especially in politics. But, um, you know, with the Lord, I think what's happening is he knows they can't understand everything. Uh, how can God explain to his creation how it's all gonna work? How could he possibly explain his providence, right, from, for the entirety of human creation, for those of us who definitely want an answer? I mean, we'd like to have more answers, but he knows that he just, he can't explain it. And even if he explains some of it, we would be left with more questions. Okay, that's fine, but then what? Like a kid in the back seat. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there? You know, we just won't stop because that, you know, the human mind desires truth and desires answers. And so what the Lord will then instead focus on, because he knows he can't just explain everything to us, and, and this is not a lack or this is not a, an act of injustice to us. It's an understanding that the finite cannot understand the infinite, if you will. So instead of focusing on just sort of answering every question, he focuses on trust. And so the answer of I am the way, the truth, and the life is basically trust me, live in me, follow me, right? So now we are, are moving to the ascension, and um, once again, the disciples are there. They worship, but they, doubt, they have doubts. They just don't know how it's all going to work. They don't know. And what does the Lord tell them? I will be with you always. And as we'll celebrate next week, I will send you the Spirit who will give you power and truth. I will not leave you empty-handed, but I'm going to give you what I need to give you in such a fashion that it will always lead you to the need to trust me more than understand me. And that is incredible. If, if, for those of you who are like me, who want to know everything, incredibly frustrating. And that can be a handicap to belief when we, when we need to understand everything. I remember my grandmother um, um, of, of happy memory, um, the Polish one, and uh, she just didn't doubt. Now, she wasn't gifted with an incredible amount of, of knowledge about the faith. I mean, she knew her faith, but what was more important was her relationship with Jesus and the Blessed Mother, and that was just, that was her life, and that impact on me, and so parents, take this to heart, right, or remember the influences you've had, but remember it for your kids. That impact on me was far more crucial than all of the knowledge that I've gained. That kind of impact of trust, relationship, knowing that God has a plan. And so I guess the first point I wanna make, I wanna make two main points today, but the first one is worship but doubt it. So let's take it easy on ourselves with the self-incrimination of, well, I don't understand everything, or I don't believe everything, or I don't know about that church teaching, or, you know, I'm trying, but sometimes I fail, or, you know, all of that. God has taken all of that into account. Even those closest to him had this, Faith life undulating, that was undulating, up and down and up and down. 
That is to be, that is the faith life. Those who just sort of always, you know, almost by sheer willpower force this, I believe no matter what. Well, number one, I don't believe you. And I think that's forced, right? I don't know that that's really authentic because that's just not human. A human being is just never that. Sometimes we are, but when the suffering comes, when the pain comes, when the difficulty comes, it's pretty human to wonder where God is and what he's doing. And it's also incredibly common that he won't tell you. He won't tell us. And the only way through it is trust. It's the only way. It's what I've learned thus far. That's the first point. The second point is it's, it's really interesting how God did this by ascending to heaven. Now, what does he do? He, you know, he becomes man, God, the second person of the Trinity, who always existed, right? Purely divine, takes on our human nature. So he unites the, the divine nature with the human nature and lives among us, dies on the cross, resurrects, and then ascends into heaven and therefore takes or thereby takes our human nature back to heaven or to heaven. For all of eternity, Jesus Christ remains God and man. This is the dignity to which we are called. And then he says, uh, because of this union in me, I will create that union in you. So I will give you a share of this unity. And the way that I do that is through grace. Grace, grace, grace. Why do we do what we do as Catholics? Really, it ultimately comes, you know, all the practices and everything. Grace, the life of grace. It begins with baptism, entering the life of grace. It continues, why do we need the Eucharist? Grace, confirmation, grace, ordination, grace, marriage. I mean, it's just, it's all about remaining in this unity between God and us, that he remains in us, truly in us, in our souls, so that all of us, even now, can experience that unity of the, div of the divine with the human. This is something he gave us that he, would have, he didn't give Adam and Eve prior to the fall. So even though they existed in, in perfect harmony with God, they didn't have this. And so what we find is even after all of that sin and all of the damage that all of us have done to, to each other and human relationships, by virtue of what he has done, the Paschal mystery, he has brought us into a greater share of himself than we could have ever known. Once again, he takes something bad and makes something greater out of it than ever could have been before. And so when you look at your life, you look at your failures, you look at your adversity, you look at your sufferings, you wonder if God has a plan for you. I guarantee what he wants to do is to make something greater out of that than you could have ever imagined. He wants to take your failure and renew that, resurrect that, redeem it into something greater. Your suffering as well, your adversity as well. And so when you're in the midst of it, you can't see that, it's really hard. 
to see how God's working, how he's operative, whether it's you, whether it's your kids, your grandkids, your parents, the whole deal, the world, right? I mean, it can get really dark. And we wonder, what's God doing with all this? I guarantee he's figured it out. I guarantee he's figured it out. The world might be a mystery to us, it's not to him. You might be a mystery to yourself, you aren't to him. And neither are your kids or your grandkids. He's got it figured out. And no, he's not gonna tell us. Not completely. Because what he wants is trust. That's more important than understanding. Understanding is good. It's a great good. But it doesn't always lead to faith. Trust always leads us into the right relationship with the Lord. So I encourage you all, no matter what you're going through now or what you will go through, because it's all it, but the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike, it's going to happen. Always remember, come back to, I trust. I don't understand, and I'd like to understand, and I'd like an answer, but we probably won't get one. So the Lord drives us to a relationship of trust because ultimately, that is what is best for us. Please stand.